Blog Talk Radio. Support for this podcast comes from Dice. With over 70,000 tech jobs and career resources like their salary predictor, Dice is the free way to hack your career in tech. Visit dice.com slash can you hack it for more info. Blog Talk Radio. that 
man began to 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 make his trek further and further and further away from God. If you look at the center or the 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 description I'm trying to give you is if you look at a, a, a circle and you place inside that circle a, a dot inside of the circle. You imagine that being the, the Garden East of Eden. And then if you read throughout the Bible, you start seeing man's patterns walking away from that circle. First, we were inside that circle, that covenant, that protection that God has given. We were inside of it. We were we were, we were doing great. Adam had dominion. He had authority. He, he, he Everything was for him. And, and his wife Eve, everything was for him. Then here comes the serpent, which deceived Eve. And there went man's, uh, no, I correct myself. I'm sorry. Thank you, Spirit. It is not when, when the, the serpent deceived Eve. It was when Eve, Adam disobeyed God, what started our pattern of sin away from God. After that, God put them out of the, um, the garden. There they are outside that circle. Now they're outside that circle with lack of understanding about knowing who they are and started to lose their identity even more and more. Now we come up to the part with Noah where God gave man 120 years. And then he gave him 120 years. Genesis chapter 5, if you read, it talks about how God is preparing man for destruction, he's telling them, I'm, that's it, I'm tired, I'm grieved, I, I no longer, did, did y'all just are breaking my heart, basically, y'all are breaking my heart, y'all are continuing to sin, uh, you have messages, you have messages, you know who I am, but you continue to walk further away from me, so God gave man 120 years, and in that 120 years, man was destroyed, so we start looking at in Genesis chapter 7, last week, where we came to, we knew that it started to rain. We knew that the rain came upon the earth and destroyed every living creature, man, woman, child, and everything. And one of the things that we brought out of that, it wasn't a pleasant place. Can you just imagine being in a place where there's nothing but death around you? There's nothing but destruction around you? If you can imagine that, look at the world we're in today. If you look around you, there's death and destruction. But we're doing it ourselves. We're killing each other. We're doing things that's contrary to the word of God because of our nature. God said our nature, which we're going to show again, that our nature, the very nature of man is evil because of the identity that man don't know that his authority and his purpose lies inside the kingdom of God. Once you understand your purpose, you understand who you are, and your destiny and your path starts to open up for you, and you start to walk the way God wanted you to walk. Now, no longer is your nature the way you want it to be, but your nature is the way God wanted it to be. So so we have to understand certain, uh, a couple of things. In Genesis chapter 7, when we were talking about the, the animals coming to the ark, we started talking about the nature of the lion. The nature of the lion is to eat the other animals and the smaller animals and the weaker animals because that's the nature of the beast. That's the nature of the lion. But when, they, when, the, when the lion was subjected inside that ark, he became subject to the authority of Noah. He could not act like himself anymore because he had to act according to what was dictated to him by the authority that was given by to Noah by God. So his nature changed while he was inside that place. 
all of the animals' natures had to change because they had to cohabitate, whereas before they weren't cohabitating except back in the Garden East of Eden. You have to understand that changing the nature is changing the authority figure that's placed over you. When you start to understand that the authority is given is God's and he gives it to you to have dominion, you have to start to understand to walk in that authority. You walk in that authority because you know who you are and you know who you are. You realize that there is a king that's given you the authority to speak and preach and teach the kingdom of God, just as he gave Jesus in Luke 4.43, that he was, that was his purpose is also your purpose. So as we start, we're starting in Genesis chapter 8 and 1. We talk, it says, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle, that was with him in the ark, and God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters assuaged. Assuaged means it's starting to descend. It's starting to rescind. The, the, the storm is over. We, 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 we start to understand, and we relate, relate this to a, to a life event. Many of us don't know what to do after we go through a troubling event. The stresses that rock our core in some cases leave us bewildered, alone, disgusted, and bitter. The events keep us busy while we're going through it, but when it's over, we don't know what to do or where to go from here. But I submit to you that storms do not always have to be a negative event. They can be positive as well. When you go through a strong storm, you're being shaped. When you go through a storm, you're being molded. When you go through a storm, you're shedding off some excess fat and excess people that you really may not have needed in your life in the first place. The only reason storms don't pass is because many of us choose to still stay in the rain. We stay in the rain by doing things like go back to what we used to do, go back to who we used to be with, be that person we used to be. We start doing our nature changes from what we are to, to uh, for who we became to what we used to be. We start inviting things in our life. We start we start inviting the strife. We start inviting the pain. We start we, we put ourselves on this, this pity party and we remember every single raindrop of the storm and it keeps us closer to the storm that we was in. God may have already well as taken you out of your storm, but it's you that's holding your, yourself up. It's you that continue to remind yourself, oh, I remember what happened. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, my God, you just don't know. Okay, it's time to get over it. It's time to put up the umbrella, get back under the shelter of the kingdom of God, and keep walking. You don't have to stop for your storm. Nobody said you have to be still for your storm. See, think about the ark. Now, now. This is what I'm trying to put. Think about the ark, the structure that God built, the structure that God told Noah to build, which is the structure that God built. The, 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 he, last week we talked about being shut in and being protected by the kingdom of God, being protected by the righteousness of God, being protected by God himself. The ark didn't stay still. When he built that ark and, and, and God shut him inside of it, the ark moved. Yes, the storm was beating down on the outside. Yes, the rain was hitting the windows. Yes, the rain was hitting the deck. But guess what? Noah was protected. He was inside the, the sanctuary or the kingdom of God. He was wrapped inside the majesty of God. So he was protected. So, so just because you're going through something turbulent in your life don't mean you have to sit still for it. 
Amen? It doesn't mean that we have to stay in this one spot and just let the rain hit me, just like that, that, that cartoon character with Charlie Brown or whatever one it was when the storm was just all over the little boy's head. Every time he moved, the storm was just there. Sometimes the storm is caused by us. We put ourselves in the own pity party, and we continue to allow the raindrops to rain on our head by what we say, by what we do, by who we choose to be with. That season may have very well passed. That opportunity may have very well sailed away. But we put out a rope, we lasso it back, and we put it back into our life. The message of the kingdom of God will get you to understand that you're protected by the king. If you understand that there's one king and I'm protected by the king, that means everything belongs to him. I don't need to really worry about things because the Bible says you're going to go through storms. But he's going to prepare you for them. You're going to go through. Don't make no mistake. Believe that everyone, once you understand and get the true understanding of the kingdom of God or the word of God or living the will of God, that you're not going to go through anything. That's not the case. But it's a different kind of go-through. Let me tell you about a religious go-through. A religious go-through is when I go through something, I'm telling everybody in the church, Lord, I'm going through. Oh, I'm going through, child. Yeah, I'm going through. I'm going through. You just don't. Why is church folk always going through? But then if you use that term and say going through, get through it. Oh, I'm going through. I'm going through. Everything, life happens. You got to understand that life is going to happen. Yes, it's going to be some ups and yes, it's going to be some downs. How you handle those ups and downs based on what you know. Now, listen, if you handle those storms religiously, you'll stay in your storm. If you handle those storms kingdomly, you'll realize that if the Lord, you know what, there's nothing I can do. It's out of my control anyway. Or if it is in my control, I can change some of the things about me that I'm doing wrong to keep causing these storms. So, God, either way, I'm putting it back in your hands because I'm your citizen. I'm giving it back to you because you're the king, and I have to. I don't have to have all this. Just as the ark, God remembered Noah after the storm. He remembered everything when after the storm has passed and the water started to subside, they started to go down. And Genesis 8 and 2, the fountains also in the deep, the windows of heaven were stopped, and the rain from heaven was strained. We need to stop raining. It's, it stopped raining. There is no longer any rain beating down on the earth. But you have to understand the very first sentence of Genesis 8 and 1 says, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. God remembered them. He remembered them. Why did he remember them? Because he protected them. They were living inside the sanctuary of the kingdom of God. A kingdom is only as good as the people that's in it. <clears throat> this is getting good. A kingdom is only as good as the people in it. A kingdom wouldn't be a kingdom if it didn't have any people. How could it be? And a king is only as good as the way he treated people. If you look throughout history, throughout time, you start to understand that there were people that revolted against the king. King Henry got his head cut off and all kind of stuff like that. They, cut, they used to cut off these kings' heads because they weren't taking care of the people. 
But God takes care of you. He gives you the tools, the principles to understand that the kingdom of God encompasses everything that you need. All the faith, the love, the peace, the joy, the prosperity lies inside the kingdom. It lies inside the king. Don't wait for a man to tell you that it lies inside me because it don't lie inside me. It lies inside the kingdom. See, that's one of the, oh, my God, this is getting good. One of the misconceptions that people have is they, they, they're being told this. They're always saying, if you bless me, You'll be blessed. Let's put it in context. Oh, let's put it in context today. If you bless me, you'll be blessed. The Lord is telling me to tell you to give me your money so you'll be blessed. Let's put this in context. Now, number one, if I am taking your money, how can you be blessed? If I'm giving you a false sense of security or selling you a lottery ticket from God, my God, Selling you a lottery ticket from God saying, guess what? If you play this number, you'll get blessed. You may just well very well hit. Now, I'm not saying don't bless your man and woman of God. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you have to put it in context and know where it's coming from. Don't be manipulated into blessing somebody. Don't be manipulated into it. I can use fear tactics to have people sending money. You can, in a church, uh, I'm sorry, not every church, and I don't think I'm just speaking of generalities, there are a lot of churches that, that, that tell you that, okay, if you don't pay me and you don't, or I'm sorry, they don't use that word, if you don't tithe to me and tithe to the church, that you're, you're, you're committing a sin against God and you're going to go to hell and, and you need to tithe because God said, okay, we, we understand that it's a God's requirement is the tithe. We know that, that it's a requirement. But then Jesus, why would Jesus talk to the Pharisees and tell them that you tithe the mint, but it's not really doing anything. Why would why would uh, uh, God say that? Why would Jesus say that? Because they were doing it out of tradition. They were doing it out of tradition. Doing it because it was always done. Now you got people that tithe because it's always done. You got people that give because it's always been done, and it's not from the heart. So if you turn to Matthew 23 and 23, Jesus said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness You should have practiced the latter Without neglecting the former You see that last part? Without neglecting the former You should have practiced the latter Without neglecting the former People, he's telling them You're a hypocrite You are a hypocrite You're given a tenth But you're neglecting all the other things you believe that you'll get the justice, you'll get the law, you'll get the faithfulness if you give your tithes. That's, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's Matthew twenty three twenty three. If anyone want to turn there later to go back to it, you have to understand where this is coming from. Genesis chapter eight and three, and the waters return. The waters return from off the earth. And continually after 
the end of 150 days, the waters were abated. It was gone. The waters were abated. They were they were drying up all over. The earth was was already destroyed. The people, in the, I'm sorry, not the earth. The people of the earth was destroyed. The people of the earth was destroyed, and God is starting now. He's gonna, he's gonna, he still continue to protect Noah after the storm. But let me ask you a question: What is Noah's position after the storm? What is his position? What is Noah doing? He's not doing anything. He's waiting on God. He's continuing to do what he was told to do. And, oh, my God, you get this. He was doing what the path that God already put him on until further notice. Until God will tell him something different, Noah's doing exactly what God told him to do. And right now he's just waiting to the waters to society. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting because he knows I can't do anything without God. Eight and four, and the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventh day of the of the mount upon the mountains of Ararat. Ararat. The, 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 that's where the ark rested at. That's where people go up and try to to think they know where the ark is, and they go find it, and they see if they see pieces and all kinds of stuff like that. But that's something different. But then the the mountain, the the, the ark rested in the seventh month. If you look at this in a, as a kingdom, think about this: God is protecting them. God is covering them. Yes, he went through a storm. God's still protecting them because God is the king. Now God is giving them rest. Noah's very name in Hebrew means rest. Noah's name means rest. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month of the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. Noah could start to see See where you know, see the tops of the mountains and things like that. And here's the number forty again. And it came to pass at the end of forty days that Noah opened one part that which he had made and sent forth a raven, which went forth and fro until the waters dried up upon the earth. Now, I, I was thinking about this the other day about a raven and a dove, and I was thinking about the strength of the two. I was thinking about this. If I look at that scripture and I sit back and I say, okay, and he sent forth a raven which went forth and to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. It never said where the raven came back. It just said the raven just flew around. Now, if you look at a dove and a raven, a raven is bigger than a dove. Uh, um, Ravens is a dark animal. It's a gloomy bird. And that's only because of what I've read and what I've heard. I haven't studied ravens, so forgive me. I haven't studied ravens, but I was just thinking about the the, the raven and the strength of the raven. It is strength, but then it's always used in poetry and everything else as this dark figure. If you see a raven, it means death and all kind of things like that. And that's what, you know, what I was groomed to, to believe. But I'm sure that a raven, just like everything else, serves its purpose. But now the dove, which symbolizes the purity, it symbolizes the beauty. You know, a white dove. People release doves at their weddings, to you know, with the symbolism of the dove. And, and this is where it all relates back to, that peace. A dove is supposed to symbolize peace. So when he sent forth the dove to, to see whether the waters abated from off the earth and off the ground, but the dove didn't find any rest. 
So the dove came back. You see this? This is what I'm getting at. The dove came back. Where did the raven go? It just said he went to and fro until the waters were dried up. He, it said, see, he went to and fro until the waters dried up from the earth. It didn't ever say he came back. He didn't ever return to the solitude. But the dove came back because the dove wasn't meant to be like that. It wasn't meant to be alone like that. It wasn't meant to be flying around like the raven was, just flying around waiting on the water to dry up. The significance that I'm bringing out here is that the raven stayed in the water. The raven just stayed flying around. The dove came back. Sometimes we go through and we make mistakes and we fall away from God, but the dove came back. He knew where his solitude was. He knew where his safety was. He came back to the ark. He knew. But a lot of times when we get caught out in our sin, we get caught up in the storm because guess what happens? We sin, we get caught up in the whirlwind, and it takes us further away from God. Just as the first uh, illustration I used with the circle being the center, and, and every time you do something that's contrary to the word of God, you move further away from it. Just like man's history did until God was set up and told him, i give you 120 years, and then I'm going to wipe out the earth. Oh, I'm sorry, destroy the people on the earth, all of the inhabitants on the earth. I'm going to destroy what I made because man's heart is just wicked. So I'm going to destroy it. I don't like what you're doing. This is not what I created you to do. So now, now, now let me ask you this other question. If you were created to praise God, the, oh, my God, if you were created to praise God, that is what you're supposed to do, why do you want to be blessed for doing what you're supposed to do? Why do you believe that you should be blessed for doing something you were designed to do? That is your purpose. That is when you were you were created to praise God. Why are you looking for a blessing in your praise? Do it because you want to. Mm, my God. Do it because it's in your heart to do. Do it because don't do it because you were prodded to do. Don't do it because somebody told you you wasn't doing it and you need to do it. Don't do it because of the music struck. Don't do it because the keyboard started playing, the drummer started moving, and the beat sounded good. You started dancing, the beat sounded good in the club. That's why you came. You was in the club because the music sounded good. So now you call yourself changed and converted. You go to church, and when they play, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with music, but think about it. Some people only dance when the music's playing. Oh, this is getting good. You got to dance when you hear a musical God in your head. Some people only, some music is designed for you to dance. Some music, they, they it's, it's, trust me, it's tested. DJs have patented this thing. They play certain songs because they make you want to move. If the chemical inside you starts shaking and moving, so it makes you move. You're not really moving for God. You're moving because the beat sounds good. Change your beat. Change your beat. Praise God because it was what you created to do, and it's in your heart to do. I praise God because he's God, not because he's going to give me something, but because what he already gave me. And when you say a testimony like that, you know that, guess what, I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about the storm because God got it. A lot of people look at me and say, you know, nothing just seems to bother you. You know, I get frustrated and everything, but if, if I do, it's over like that. I'm not staying in a storm. I don't care if me and you argue today. I'll hug you the next minute. I don't care if, well, I don't care what the case is. I know God got me. So I go through life 
pretty much smiling. I go through life happy because I know I abide inside the kingdom of God, and no storm is going to keep me out. No storm is going to keep me away from God. My God. Mm. I'm going to finish up with Genesis chapter 8 and 9. And the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto the ark. For the waters were on the face of the earth, were of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in into the sanctuary. He pulled her in to the place where she belongs. He pulled her into the ark. He gave her rest again. Now where's the raisin? Still out there in the water. Where's where's the raisin? Still flying around somewhere, trying to find rest. The dove came back home. Time to come in out of the rain. It's time to come in out of the rain. So many times we get caught up in the storm and the whirlwind, and we blows us away, and we turn our back on God. Think God is. Is scowling down at us. Yeah, he is when we did what we did, but he still loves you, so turn around. Go back home. Go back home. Go back home. It doesn't matter. Nothing that you can do is going to separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing. You can always go back home. Sometimes we put ourselves in our situations with marriage and everything else that we go through something, we go through a divorce, and we think the world is over, but it's not. You just have to go back home. Let God shut you up in the ark and then dictate your movements. Now, don't dictate it religiously where you sit there and won't do nothing because you don't hear from, okay, I'm not moving until God changes that light. No, come on now. Be real. God gives you a brilliant mind. He gives you a mind to walk. He gives you a mind and the will and the nature of his so that you can make decisions. Pray about it. I'm not saying just go go cocked off and make decisions. I'm just saying that you need to just make a decision. Pray about it. Lord, I don't really know what to do. Because a lot of times God tells us what to do. You're sitting there going, you know, Hey, I want a brand new car, and I make three thirty-five an hour, and I want a brand new car, and I go up to this shady salesman, and he really just wants to sell the car, and he tells me that I can have this brand new used car, and it's shiny, but it's a brand new used one now. Remember, catch that, a brand new used one. Oh, but, but, but it's as is. And you buy the car, and something says, something telling you, you know what, you can't afford that. You know what? You really shouldn't get that. You can't afford that. That's the spirit that God placed inside you. But you buy the car anyway, and now you just can't get out of debt. And then, but but you knew. Come out of the storm. You have to come out of the storm in those relationship battles that you're in. Don't hold grudges. Come out of the storm. Don't stay where you're at. Because believe it or not, just as the Bible did in the 120 years that God gave man, if you die in a storm, you're going to hell. Think about that. Come out of the storm. Come out of the rain. Come out of the rain. If you die in a storm that you have walked away from God with and it's sin, if sin is causing your storm, you're going to hell. If you get caught up in something 
And there's no, there's not the amount of of, of, of praise, the shouting, running around the church in the world. If you're a, if you're sinning, you're sinning. And if you get caught in sin, there's nothing God can do to you. I mean, for you. You have to repent. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's scripture. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Heavenly Father, I'd like to thank you, Lord God, for just the opportunity to, to share your word, Lord God. I thank you for using me, Lord Father, each and every time, Lord God. You are just a true and awesome God. I love you, Heavenly Father, and I thank you, Lord God, for the people that's on the line, Lord God. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for just allowing us one more chance. Thank you, Lord God, for protecting us and shutting us up in your kingdom of God with all that you say and all that you do. Let your will be our will. Let our will be yours. That Let's walk with you, Lord God, so we can whisper in each other's ears so I know what to do next. <clears throat> Let us become one. Heavenly Father, I'd like to thank you, Lord God, and honor you today for who you are and for what you already gave me, not what you want you can give me because of what I do. I bless you right now, God. And right now, Lord God, we ask your forgiveness, Lord Father, for anything that we have done that's contrary to you or your word. And I thank you, Lord God, and I praise and I honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm going to open up the phone lines now for anyone that may have any questions. Um, the lines are open. Feel free to comment or question. Anyone? Any comments?
Come and fill me I am thirsty 